Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have James Swanwick. He's the co-founder of Swanwick Sleep and Alcohol-Free Lifestyle. James, welcome to the show. Kevin, thank you very much for having me. Uh, oh, I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. I, I think, and I was telling you earlier, um, I, I think myself and I think a lot of people listening probably want or need more sleep. And I would at least say for myself, I've been trying to cut back on alcohol quite a bit over the last year or so. So I'm selfishly, I'm interested to learn a ton more from you and I'm sure all the listeners out there as well. But maybe before we get into all that stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Sure. Well, I'm Australian-American. I'm an okay, Australian cool. citizen and naturalized U.S. citizen. And I grew up in a place called Brisbane on the east coast of Australia. And uh, I moved to the U.S. 20 years ago. And when I grew up in Australia, or at least after I uh, turned 17, I was a socially acceptable drinker in the sense that I would have you know, a drink or two most nights of the week, um, have a bit more on the weekends. And when I got into my mid thirties, when I was living over in Austin, Texas, I woke up one morning and, and kind of realized that I put on a little bit of weight and I was a bit tired and lethargic. And so I made a choice to experiment for 30 days without alcohol. And as a result of that, I lost a lot of weight. I felt better. I slept better. And that opened up a whole cascade of healthy habits. Uh, including things like meditation and good nutrition and exercise and mindfulness. And, uh, and then I just decided to create businesses out of it. So now I have a sleep company and now I have a, a stop drinking company and both businesses um, help entrepreneurs, executives, investors. Um, yeah, I haven't drunk alcohol since 2010. I sleep what I would consider to be almost flawlessly. Wow. And uh, yeah, my whole entrepreneurial life really is building companies that that serve that demographic. Good for you, man. That's awesome. So uh, before we dive deeper into that, you went to university. What did you take and why? I did a Bachelor of Arts and I studied government and history. But candidly, I got a job right out of high school. I mean, I, I graduated high school when I was 17 in Brisbane. And I did a cadetship or a traineeship at a uh, Rupert Murdoch-owned newspaper called The Courier Mail. And, you know, I, I did a six-year traineeship there, and they very happily paid for my university education, and I just went to university part-time. So I'd love to say that university was amazing for me, but I, I, looking back, it didn't really do much for me, I don't think, because I already was in the workforce and earning a salary and, and learning on the job. And so studying government and history was more, um, you know, just out of interest rather than a necessity for any future employment opportunities. Got it. Okay. Very cool. So you've done and are currently doing a ton of stuff in the sleep and obviously alcohol free space. Do you want to talk through 
some of those businesses? Maybe let's start with sleep and then and then go to alcohol. Does that work or, or whatever you want to do? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we could talk sleep and alcohol. Okay, so walk us through some of the companies because you've you obviously do kind of some coaching and, and stuff around that, but you've also built some physical products related to sleep. Yeah. So about five or six years ago, I was in Palm Springs, California in a hotel, and my friend came to dinner rocking a pair of really ugly orange UVEX safety goggles. And I was looking at him going, <laughs> you look ridiculous, and you're making me look ridiculous by association. And he said, no, man, I'm trying to block the blue light. And I said, block the blue light? What are you talking about? And he went on to explain that light at night from microwave light, kitchen light, bathroom light, speedometer light, the McDonald's golden arches lights as you're driving along the highway lights, all of those lights at night is disrupting our sleep. And the only problem was you had to look like a meth chemist in order to block that blue light with the orange lens. So, so I went back to my home in West Hollywood where I was living at the time and I pulled out an old pair of ski goggles that I used to wear each year when I went to Park City, Utah. And I started wearing these goggles while watching reruns of the AMC TV series, Mad Men. Sure. And what I noticed was that I, I felt sleepier quicker. And when I ultimately removed the goggles, rolled over and went to sleep, I, I realized that I was falling asleep quicker. And when I was waking up in the morning, I realized that I was actually feeling considerably more refreshed. And so I had this idea, why don't I create a stylish pair of blue light blockers? a pair that doesn't make me look like a meth chemist, a pair that I could wear out to a Santa Monica Boulevard bar or restaurant at nighttime and not have people look at me weird. And so that's what I did. I created a pair of stylish blue light blockers. They're called Swannies. My last name is Swanwick and customers have started affectionately referring to them as Swannies. And now um, they are worn by professional athletes at Manchester United, uh, the New York Knicks, wow. New Orleans Saints, um, professional athletes all over the world are wearing these glasses now because they have identified that blocking artificial light at night with a pair of blue light blocking glasses can absolutely improve their sleep at which ultimately shows up on the the field or the court or the field of play you know in the following days so yeah our main product from a sleep company are um our pair of scientifically proven blue light blocking glasses that are called swannies and and the idea is that you wear these things in the last hour or so before you want to sleep you keep them on you remove them only when the final light has been turned off and then you the idea is that you fall asleep quicker you sleep deeper and you wake up feeling much more refreshed very cool and you have them in a number of different styles right like popular styles it's not just like one thing right do you, do you want to talk about the different styles and, and why you thought that was important well look people there are prescription glasses wearers right, right. um there's also people with big heads thin heads <laughs> small sure. faces large faces so we've got different sizes um but certainly a lot of people who already wear prescriptions worry that they won't be able to wear them so we designed a pair of glasses called fit overs which go over the top of the existing prescription glasses and sit very snugly there um, also we can design a pair of of um, blue light blocking glasses for you using your script you just go to the website and put in your details and we can we can create a pair and send them out to you um, and then there's also a difference between daytime blue blockers and nighttime blue blockers. And I think this is important and, and worth and worth 
talking about, if only for you know a minute or so. Um, not all blue blockers are created equal. So for example, if a great night's sleep is your goal, then you must wear a pair of orange lensed blue blockers because only an orange lens is going to block enough of the blue light responsible for messing with your melatonin production. If daytime use on a computer is your goal to not get headaches and to stay clear and focused, then a clear lensed pair of blue blockers are absolutely fine. But the clear lens blockers will not work for helping you improve your sleep. Just will not. In the physical universe that we occupy, it's just impossible. So just to summarize that, uh, you want a clear lensed pair of blue blockers for daytime computer use. And then when the sun goes down, you want to switch to an orange lensed blue light pair of glasses. Fascinating. Okay. So walk us through like how did you come up with that right because I, I don't think a lot of like maybe people have heard that you know just the blue light stuff before but i i don't think a lot of people know much about the day stuff and and how did you kind of come up with that well we did a lot of research the university of washington and the university of florida actually um got our glasses and gave them out to about a thousand test subjects and did a very comprehensive six-month study on the glasses um, and I consulted with the world's top sleep doctors um, during the process of creating the glasses. And um, what I learned just as a sleep enthusiast in, in the beginning, and now I consider myself to be a sleep expert, I guess, but in the beginning, as I was just a sleep enthusiast, I came to learn that we absolutely have to block up to 540 nanometers of blue light Okay. At night, at night, if we want to make sure that the release of our melatonin stays natural and consistent, right? However, we don't really need to create melatonin during the daytime. We actually want to be alert. We want to be we want to be energized during the daytime. We want to have exposure to blue light during the daytime. In fact, the biggest emitter of blue light is the sun, oh, which is why it's so important to go out and get natural sunlight during the day. So. To answer your question, it was a really, it was really a, a process of studying everything to do with light and sleep and focus and energy. Like I said, I interviewed about a dozen of the world's top sleep doctors, renowned doctors, New York Times bestselling authors. And then ultimately when I produced our glasses, we put them to the test. University of Washington and University of Florida did, like I said, a comprehensive um, study on the glasses. Cool. And what the result, the results that came back were that people who wore the nighttime orange lens glasses um, reported sleeping 11% better. Wow. And they had, yeah, and they had, uh, they reportedly had a 13% improvement in cognitive ability and productivity in their workplace the following day. So um, that's not nothing. That's, that's, well, that's huge. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think as somebody that, you know, is, doesn't sleep very well and hasn't for a number of years. Like I've been, you know, you try different things and some things work and don't work. Right. And it, it's interesting that that many people found that much difference. Right. Um, the other thing I think is worth uh, mentioning is you also make them for kids. How are they similar or different or are they the exact same thing? Just obviously for smaller kid heads. They're exact, the exact same thing, but we just make them colorful for kids. So they're, 
they feel motivated to wear them and that it's fun for them to wear because you know as a parent if you ever tried to get your kids to do something and they don't <laughs> want to do it oh yes it's, it's a pretty challenging challenging life but i'll tell you if you are a parent and you're listening then i will say this um kids are most susceptible to the dangers of blue light in fact as we age into okay. adulthood and, and 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 sort of into our 50s 60s and 70s we actually naturally build up more of a in uh, a natural um, protection from blue light even if we weren't wearing blue light blocking glasses but when we're children that natural protection hasn't developed yet so if you are a parent and you're having your kids watch cartoons on a tv screen or on a tablet or they've got a phone and they're staring into screens all day and all night then i'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news but you are um you know possibly potentially probably damaging their eyes and they've done studies that show that kids who wear blue light blockers during the day and at night actually get better grades at school oh wow and and there's there's a ton of anecdotal evidence as well from uh, we've had about a couple hundred thousand customers of our glasses um and customers share stories with us so anecdotally i've heard customers sharing that when their kids wear the glasses, it calms them down. Whereas when they don't wear the glasses at night, mothers find it very challenging to get their kids to to wind down and get into bed. But when they're wearing the glasses, they they have shared that it, they find it increasingly easy or easier to get their kids to calm down and get to bed and and, and get to sleep. So, you know, if your children are challenging and they've got some, um, you know, behavioral challenges let's say um try a pair of blue light blocking glasses that should calm them down it should relax them and it should get them you know preparing for sleep and 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 falling asleep either either quicker easier or both interesting okay so are the lenses interchangeable or i need to buy two pairs like a, a day and a night is that correct the, the orange pair are interchangeable. So you can wear the orange lens glasses during the daytime as well as the nighttime if you'd like. Okay. Um, you, the, the clear lens are not. You can only wear a clear lens pair of glasses during the daytime. If you wear them at nighttime, it's not going to help you with your sleep. Got it. Um, okay. So what I would, my, my, what I would suggest is um, unless you particularly like the view through an orange lens all day on a computer, my suggestion would be that you invest in a clear lens pair of glasses for daytime use, and then you switch over to the orange lens glasses for nighttime use. That's what I do. Um, that's what you know, a hundred thousand or so of our customers do. And uh, you know what? What the results that you should get is increased and prolonged clarity and focus throughout the day and um, uh, falling asleep uh, easier, sleeping deeply and waking up more refreshed. Interesting. Okay. So you also built some light bulbs and, and a nightlight. How does that complement and, and walk us through why you built those and why those are just as important? Right. So, Think about your bedroom, your living room, your TV room, the hallway light. Like, think about all the light. Kevin, let me let me ask you this. Think about where you live, okay? Tell yeah. me all the lights that are in your home. Where are they placed? Uh, most of them are probably on the roof, right? Or in lamps kind of around the house. 
Yeah, but you've got what, what kind of rooms do you have? You got a bedroom, a bathroom, yeah, kitchen. Okay. What else? Yeah. What else you got? Uh, and then garage. Like, yeah, and basement. Where's basement. where my office is? And then, got it. Yeah, living so, room. So at nighttime, okay, as yeah. soon as the sun goes down at nighttime, you turn on all of those lights, right? Yeah. Everyone does that in the modern world. All of those lights are destroying your sleep. All of them, right? Wow. Because all of that light stimulates your pineal and pituitary gland, which suppresses the release of your melatonin. Now, unless you're going to put on a pair of blue blockers the moment the sun goes down and keep them on until the moment that you turn off the last light and go to sleep, any time after sundown that your eyes are exposed to those lights in your garage or basement or lamps or wherever, you're compromising your sleep quality, right? So what we did is we created these anti-blue light bulbs, which has stripped away 99.9% .9 of all of that dangerous blue light. So now you can just switch out the light bulbs in your home with these anti-blue light bulbs. It creates this beautiful, warm, uh, relaxing glow. It starts to help your body relax, your mind to relax. It's just a very calming light not like these really kind of ugly, harsh overhead fluorescent lights that most households have. And then you can comfortably walk through your home knowing that you're not being exposed to artificial blue light. Now, why would you, sorry, if you were gonna do that, why would you also wear a pair of orange lens blue blockers? Well, because you still got the microwave light, the refrigerator light, right. the alarm clock light, the air conditioning light. I mean, there's so much light, artificial light at night, just hiding in every corridor and every every nook in your home. Uh, plus, you're probably going to get on your phone, right? Yep. You're probably, <laughs> yeah. Let's face it, we're all we're all addicts to our phone. Now, a lot of people also, I can almost sense what possibly might be one of your next questions, Kevin. But um, okay. other people ask me this, which is, oh, but what about that night shift setting on the phone? for iPhones and what about the twilight <laughs> setting on the Android, you know, like what, why do I need to wear blue blockers or buy these light bulbs if I've got that, that setting on my phone? Well, look, the, those settings are good. I would say that they probably give you about a two and a half or a three out of 10 protection. So it's good, right? I, I, yep. I like the idea of it, but again, it still doesn't do anything about the TV screen, the right? Light, the kitchen light, the bathroom light, the shower light, the like i said the air conditioning light the whatever and half the time you're out and about out to dinner yeah. you're driving home there's the traffic lights i mean have a look around there's so much light at night it's it's just it's crazy so the 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 the, the perfect situation is to live your life by candlelight and just literally sit in the dark and carry around a kerosene camp and because natural flame and fire and, and, and candlelight does not disrupt melatonin production, which is why you can stare into a fire and, and fall asleep, right? Cause it doesn't mess with your sure. melatonin production. The next best thing, if you're not going to sit in the dark and live your life by candlelight, is to wear a pair of blue blockers and put any blue light bulbs uh, in your home. Fascinating. Okay. So I I'm curious, how does this play into what what you're also doing kind of on the alcohol-free lifestyle? Because you mentioned earlier, and I know just from experience, it's it, like alcohol can really affect your sleep. 
you're better off drinking alcohol for breakfast than having <laughs> any alcohol in the last eight hours before you go to sleep. That's okay, the reality. And, right? and, and I'll you tell you what. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Okay, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Alcohol is poison. Sure. Yeah. There's no question. There's there's, yeah. there's you cannot dispute it. Alcohol is nothing but poison. It is filled with toxins. Now, once we accept that, okay, then we can now go. Okay, so drinking a glass or two of poison is going to be damaging to my sleep, to my skin, to my uh, stress and anxiety levels, to my feelings of calmness. And when you drink poison, what happens? The body automatically wants to go to work to get rid of the poison. Now, sure. you asked, how does alcohol affect sleep? Well, here we go, right? So let's just say it's seven o'clock. You come home from a long, hard day. You finished work. Oh, I just want to relax with a glass of wine or a couple of beers. And, oh, most people do this, right? Yep. So what do you do? You have a glass of wine. You have your beer. And a few hours later, you decide to go to sleep. Well, guess what's happened? As soon as you started drinking that alcohol, your liver is now working. It's going to work. You put it to work. Time to go to work, boys. Let's go to work. But guess what? You don't want your body to go to work when you're sleeping. You want your body to rest. You want your body to go into that deep REM restorative phase of sleep. You don't want your body working. So what happens is people drink this attractively packaged poison that we call alcohol. Your body goes to work to try and get rid of the poison and the toxins because it's not supposed to be there. Yes, you might fall asleep quickly because you've had the drink, but the quality of your sleep is going to be severely compromised. And you can track this. Don't take my word for it. Wear an aura ring if you like. I'm wearing my aura ring right now. You can have some other kind of wearable. Don't drink one night, track your sleep. Do drink one night, track your sleep. You will be shocked to see the difference in your sleep quality. It's astounding. So, so look, I, I didn't make the rules. Whoever you believe is God or the spirit or whatever, the big man or big woman upstairs made the rules. I'm just here to share the consequences of, of, of our actions. And the reason I jokingly said at the beginning, you're better off having a drink with breakfast is because at least then your whole bot, your body's got 12 to 16 hours to, to go to work and get the toxins out of your system so by the time it's it's bedtime, you can fall asleep and sleep in a manner that won't be disrupted because now you can naturally go into that deep restorative phase of sleep. This is not an invitation for you to drink beer with your cornflakes, by the way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so you you do this 30-day no alcohol challenge and you help people through that. What experience it and findings have you got from that? And and what have people and it told you about how much better they feel. Yeah. So to be clear, um, my company is called Alcohol Free Lifestyle. Um, and we help entrepreneurs, executives, retirees, investors. We really help people in that kind of entrepreneurial, executive, high performance demographic. Sure. Yes, we do have a 30-day uh, stop drinking program. But, but really, the flagship program and process we have is 90 days. Okay. Um, and I say that, I think it's w worth saying that because look, 30 days is good. It yes. gives you a glimpse of what it feels like to be alcohol free. However, or but in my experience of having coached people since 2015, it doesn't create long lasting change. 
Uh-huh. In my experience, and certainly various studies have backed this up, one must get to at least 90 days alcohol-free in order for it to really be cemented as a habit in order for all of the benefits to flow. So I'll tell you the benefits that people share with me from 30 days, and then I'll give you the benefits that people share from 90 days. From 30 days, you should expect to lose some weight, your skin to get better, for you to sleep considerably better, for you to feel less stressed, less anxious, less irritable, be more productive. That certainly does happen. Um, In 90 days, all of that that I just mentioned should happen, plus improved relationships, um, generating significantly more revenue in your business or your or your career. Maybe you say, I love you. Maybe you say, no, no more. Maybe you ask for a divorce. Maybe you ask someone to marry you. Maybe you join the gym. Maybe you take up an instrument. Maybe you uh, scratch off one or two things from your lifelong bucket list. Significant changes occur when you are 90 days alcohol free, because now you have the clarity and the focus and the energy to both take care of the shit, excuse my French, that you've been procrastinating on taking care of, in some case years and years, in some case decades, you take care of that stuff, which gives you a breakthrough, or you finally have breakthroughs in all the stuff that you've just always wanted to do, but had just been putting off. So profound changes in someone's life can happen when you're 90 days alcohol-free. Nice little changes happen from 30 days, but the chances are you'll go back to your same level of drinking on day 31. In fact, most people celebrate sober October or dry January with a drink or with drinks, right? And I think to myself, what's the damn point of that? You did 30 days, well done, but you did the 30 days as if you were in a prison and all prisoners want to break out of prison. My invitation to you is go for 90 days. Because then you don't feel like you're in a prison. After a while, you start to go, this is damn good. I like this feeling. Especially when people start complimenting on you on, on how good you look. Just a warning, you do get better looking when you stop drinking. <laughs> no, you know what's also interesting that I found? Like even after two weeks, uh, like I used to really suffer from like brain fog or like head fog or whatever. And I noticed even after like a week or two, just like how much that cleared up just by like not doing that and making some changes to my diet as well. But uh, I, I like, so I, I think just feeling better and getting rid of some of that stuff that's maybe been lingering for a while, right? Like brain fog or whatever people are going through, I think is also really helpful to me when I've, you know, obviously done that. Brain fog gets exterminated when you're alcohol free consistently, no question. Yeah, which I think a lot of people struggle with, right? At least in my experience, I don't know, like I have no science to back that up, but just people I talk to in the entrepreneurial space, it seems like that's a common thing. Especially entrepreneurs. I mean, we're thinking yeah. all day, we're working all day, we're calling all day, we're on the staring at screens all day. We've got 50 million different problems we've got to solve every single day. And then you get brain fog, right? And then here's what here's what happens. Uh, the traditional entrepreneur, I know many of your listeners are entrepreneurs, um, works all day has a drink or two at night to take the edge off, goes to sleep, doesn't sleep that great, wakes up feeling tired, lethargic, irritable, has breakfast, try and give themselves a little pick-me-up, um, drags their ass out of bed, um, you know, a little bit slow, has some lunch, works a little bit, crashes towards the afternoon. And so you, most entrepreneurs are operating at what I would suggest is about a six out of 10, five or a six out of 10, maybe a seven. 
right? Sure. Yep. Here's the difference. You go alcohol free, you learn how to do it, you learn how to love it, you learn how to embrace it. All of a sudden, at the end of the day, you don't have the drink. You go to sleep, you sleep well, you wake up, you got energy, you make one more call that you ordinarily wouldn't have. You do that f over five days. That means you've made five more calls. If you if one call equals one new one new set of business, you make you get one more client each week. You know if it's if it's a client business, of course. Sure. And I know businesses where one client equals twenty thousand dollars. So now you make twenty thousand dollars more per week, which is eighty thousand dollars more per month, which is almost a million dollars per year, just because you stopped drinking alcohol. See, most wow. people, yeah. most entrepreneurs think, oh, I don't spend that much money on alcohol thinking that they might spend 10 grand a year on alcohol. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what you spend on alcohol. It's what you're not generating because you're drinking alcohol. Interesting. So, and you probably get this question a lot is, and I think everybody, like I've known a bunch of people that have permanently quit. I know a bunch of people that have quit for a year or longer or months at a time. And the one reoccurring thing that seems to happen with people is and we all, you know, when you go to like a networking event or some sort of event, especially in tech, you're almost expected to drink. Or if you go to a bar with your friends or you go out for dinner with your friends, it, it's almost like expected that you have at least one. How do you or what advice do you give to people at those events where everybody's like, let's go get a drink or you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm getting at? Go with them and order soda, water, ice, and a piece of lime and let them drink their attractively packaged poison. Just choose not to drink. Think through the drink, go with them. But don't be like, oh, this sucks. I'm the only one not having fun. Oh, I'm out of place. Go there and embrace it. Go, I'm having a soda, water, ice, and a piece of lime. And let your friends say, oh, go on, just have one. And you say, nah, I'm too strong in mind. Or you say, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's uh, let's have a drinking contest. Let's do some shots. You do your shots of, of alcohol, I'll do my shots of soda, water. I will go toe to toe, head to head with you in a <laughs> shot contest. Ha 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 ha. And just joke around about it. People, this is where people get stuck, right? They yeah. think, oh, if I'm not drinking, people will think I'm a Debbie Downer. Oh, if I'm not drinking, then people will think that I've got a problem. Oh, if I'm not drinking, then I'll be the odd one out. This is what I say wake up, wake up and just go out there and be the life of the party, have fun. And just don't drink alcohol. I've been doing it since 2010. Not one person would accuse me of being dull. In fact, just to ram home this point, I used to live in Hollywood. I went to the Playboy Mansion three times over the years. Okay. okay. I interviewed Hugh Hefner um, on one occasion. I was there, went to three hedonistic parties. The first time I went to the Playboy Mansion was before 2010 when I stopped drinking. And I, there was an open bar and I drank, I drank beer and I had wine, had some gin. Um, some celebrities were there, including Pamela Anderson, the Hollywood actor, Owen Wilson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the wrestler, one of the Backstreet Boys, a few <laughs> other random people. Had a wonderful time. Woke up sure. the next morning hungover as hell. Fast forward a few years, I went back to the Playboy Mansion, very similar party, open bar. Uh, ordered soda water ice and a piece of lime, drank that all night hung out with celebrities, had an even better time than the first time a few years earlier. I was dancing on tables with attractive women. I was going in the grotto. I was doing all these kind of stuff. And I had energy and clarity and focus. And I really appreciated it so much more. And the next day when I woke up, I was smiling from you know, ear to ear 
because I had such a wonderful time and I was completely alcohol free. And then I did that again a couple of years later when I went a third time. So I would just say to people, especially entrepreneurs or anyone who worries about the social aspect of not drinking, wake the F up. Nobody cares that you don't drink. You just think that they care. And if you take an energy of you don't care and you're going to have fun anyway, then you can have the most fun. You can have other people admire and respect you. And you can very easily hang out with a whole bunch of people who are drinking while you're not and enjoy yourself and have them enjoy your company also. Oh, I, I think that's really good advice. I, I think the other thing too is <clears throat> majority of people, unless they really hear what you order, which you can't in a lot of times, don't ass probably assume you're just drinking anyway, right? And the reality is, is you, you might have to end up driving home anyway. So you're not, it's not like you're going to have 10. It's like, you might have like one or whatever, a couple over the night, but majority of people probably just think you're drinking some sort of cocktail anyway. Is that fair to say? It is, which is fine. And you can, if you like, you can pretend to be drinking alcohol, even though you're not, but I would say, why even pretend? Just yeah, own it. Just own it. Just own it. No, I don't drink. No, I don't drink. No, I haven't drunk in years. And then people will be like in awe and go, wow, it's amazing. And a lot of people go, oh, did you have a problem? You go, no, no, I didn't have a problem. No, I just don't drink. I just love the feeling of feeling clear. But let's let's have a good time. Come on. That's it. Interesting. No, I think that's that's really good advice. So I'm curious, what other advice do you give to people? Because I, like, I, I've known a bunch of people that have really kind of struggled with this. Well, look, first things first, ongoing, listen to my podcast, which is called the Alcohol-Free Lifestyle Podcast. It's in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. There's all kinds of tips there that I, that I, that I give on how to handle social situations around alcohol. But look, here's the thing. I've had a life with alcohol and a life without, and a life without is way better. I've made probably, and I don't usually like to talk numbers, but let's just say I've made tens of millions of dollars in revenue from being alcohol free, as opposed to if I had still been drinking, there's no way I would have made tens of millions of dollars. Maybe I would have made millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know, but no question my entrepreneurial life has been catapulted forward because I've been consistently alcohol free, right? So that's the first thing. Second thing is to understand that nobody really gives a damn that you're not drinking. You just have a belief that they do. So I invite you to get over this idea that, oh, people will think oh, I'm an alcoholic. People will think I've got a problem. No, just get over that. Go out, be alcohol-free, and you will be shocked at how little people care, right? In fact, not only you'll be shocked at how little people care, the people who do care will be asking you 100 questions in admiration because they secretly or, or not secretly want to either cut back their drinking or stop entirely right? Third thing you need to understand is that alcohol is going through a real brand problem right now. And that sure. is that there is a wave of people coming through who are rejecting alcohol completely. The, the, the latest generation has never drunk less. The, there has been an explosion of alcohol-free um, beers, alcohol-free wines that have hit the market. They're just exploding. This whole concept of, oh, you got to drink and drink helps you relax. and It's so archaic. And I promise you this, mark my word, you can play this interview back in 20, 30 years. 
at some point, whether it's in 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, we are going to look back on this time and look upon alcohol the, alcohol the same way that we now look upon cigarettes with absolute disdain and disgust. And we're going to go, what the hell were we thinking? And our kids and grandkids are going to go, what the hell were they thinking? Hmm. So this tidal wave, this cultural shift, it started. It's gathering pace. And if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this and you want to excel and you want to propel forward and you want to be successful, either for your ego or to take care of your family and your kids and for generations, it's going to be a lot quicker and a lot easier if you're consistently alcohol-free. Oh, interesting. I, no, I agree with you. So I'm curious, you mentioned a couple other things to do, uh, like meditation. And what other advice do you give to people to maybe, you know, to reduce some of that stress and maybe get their mind off of, you know, that coming home to say, I'm just going to have a beer. Well, I think a lot of people want to replace that with something like a meditation or something. Like that. How do you get them to change that habit? And what advice do you give to them? Maybe, you know, try meditation or working out or, or whatever that is. Well, here's the thing. People think that the only way to reduce stress and anxiety is by having a glass of attractively packaged poison. But the truth is, is that you don't really want to drink alcohol to relieve your stress. You just want to relieve your stress. Right. And you can relieve your stress one million and one different ways than drinking a glass of attractively packaged poison. I think everyone understands and knows that. So um, I mentioned meditation. Look, I have a, I wouldn't say it's a love-hate relationship with meditation. I have an on-off relationship with meditation. Same. Um, I mean, I do it sometimes. I don't do it consistently. I do it sometimes. It's very beneficial when I do it, but I don't really do it that much. I'll tell you what works for me. What works right. for me is when I wake up in the morning, before I put my hand on my phone, I write down 20 things that I'm grateful for. 20 things. It takes about seven minutes. Right? Every day. Six, seven, every day. I call it the okay. daily 20. Okay. And what happens is, is that what it does is that it activates something in my brain called the RAS, which is the reticular activating system. And when I quote unquote, force myself to write down 20 things I'm grateful for, for the remainder of the day, my mind and brain naturally finds evidence that there's even more things to be grateful for. Now, when I'm in that mood and I'm kind of walking down the street going, life is good. Wow. Isn't this amazing? Everything's going great. And I'm focusing on all the good that's happening in my life. My stress and anxiety collapses. I don't feel the need at oh, the end of the day to seek refuge in a glass of attractively packaged poison. So it's not quite as simple as saying, well, what do I drink instead? I mean, the answer is anything else, right? I, I, I tend to drink uh, iced water with, um, with some lime, lime juice or some squeezed lime in it. I love that drink. But, but really, it starts, at, in, it starts in the morning, which is be in a grateful mood be, and train your mind to seek evidence on an unconscious level that there's lots of things to be grateful for. And you don't need to be seeking refuge in food or alcohol or drugs or shopping or love or whatever. Um, and then practically, most people don't really want alcohol to relieve their stress at the end of the day. They just like the ritual of it. So you can create a new ritual and the new ritual can be going to the fridge, pulling out a bottle of Pellegrino or Perrier, cutting up a piece of lime squeezing it into the glass, putting some ice cubes in, and then sitting down on the sofa and sipping on, on that. And then you can create a very nice ritual of doing that as opposed to the ritual of coming home and opening a bottle of wine and pouring the, 
the wine into the wine glass. So a lot of times you can, you can keep the ritual of pouring yourself a drink at the end of the day, but just make it an alcohol-free drink. No, I think that's that's actually really good advice. I'm curious, the, the meditation thing is fascinating to me because I would say I have the exact same relationship with meditation. How, like, but you always read that, you know, if you don't meditate, like you, you need to do that, you need to do this. And I always find like, a, if it's not working for you, like why you force yourself to do these things just because it's, you know, that's what successful people do, right? And it seems like you would, you're just more of the mindset you need to figure out what works for you what makes you happy as long as you stay basically sober? A hundred percent. Because if you if you go scrolling on Instagram for half an hour, you will find dozens and dozens of gurus who say, well, when you wake up, you got to go and do your 30 minutes of power, Wim Hof breath work. Then you got to do the ice cold plunge. Then you've got to write down your gratitude stuff. Then you've got to, you know, get the sun. Then you've got to do all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 right? Now that works. Yeah. All that stuff is great. It is great and it works. But is it necessary for you? Sure. Maybe not, right? So I have tried all of those things over the years. I've done ayahuasca and plant medicine. I've done Landmark Forum. I've done experiential training. I've done self Tony Robbins self-development courses. I've done written down gratitude. I've learned how to meditate. I did a 10-day silent meditation called Vipassana. Um, I've done all of that stuff, right? What yeah. works for me is writing down 20 things I'm grateful for, going to the gym and lifting weights and exercising, going for a walk in the sun, eating good food, um, uh, focusing on health and nutrition, getting my work done, uh, making sure that I've got lots of friends and acquaintances and I'm, I'm in a good community. Because being in a community is really, really um, great for reducing stress and anxiety. And I wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses at nighttime um, to block the blue light and I focus on my sleep, make sure that my sleep's great. And I live a pretty damn happy life. It doesn't mean that I don't get sad or depressed on occasion or angry or pissed off and say the F word sometimes. Of course I do. I'm human. But generally speaking, I would probably put my overall well-being and happiness at about an eight and a half out of 10 most of the time. Man. And and I'm not doing meditation every day. I'm not doing cold plunges every day. I'm not doing you know Wim Hof breath work every day. I do it sometimes. You know, I do, I, I do that sometimes. What I do do every day is be in gratitude and eat well and exercise six days. A week. I do that every day. And that really controls my stress and anxiety enough to the point where I'm happy. I'm good. But, but one thing I do do every day is wear a pair of my blue light blocking glasses. That is a non-negotiable because if I stare into a screen at nighttime without blocking that blue light, my sleep is a mess. And the other thing I don't do, I should say, I'm sorry, is drink. I don't drink alcohol. You know, mm -hmm. so I haven't drunk alcohol since 2010 and I block blue light at night with a pair of blue blockers every night since 2015. And then I write down my, my daily 20. That's it. That's what I, they're, they're my non-negotiables that works for me. And then on occasion, I'll do some meditation and cold plunges and breath work and all that other stuff. Interesting. Okay. So on your daily 20 though, is it some of the same, none of the same? Give us your advice for that. Often it's the same. Often it's okay. it's different, and I don't judge it. I'm like, if I got to tell, if I if I get to tell myself 365 days of the year that I that I'm happy with that I love my family or that I got to wake up in a 
in a bed and I had a roof over my head and it's the same thing every day, I'm fine with that because it makes me feel good every day. But I'll tell you this, I do challenge myself to come up with new things every day because the more I can challenge myself to come up with new things, the more that I activate the reticular activating system because it, be, it wants to always be seeking evidence that life is good. Right. So it's like, to use the analogy, you go into the gym, right? What do you do with your muscle? You destroy the muscle so it gets bigger, correct? Right? Like you're doing a bicep curl, you're lifting heavy weights, it breaks down the muscle, and then over the next two days, the muscle repairs and it comes back bigger. Same concept when you're doing your daily 20 gratitude. It's like if you force yourself to think of new things to be grateful for, and you're like, what else can I be grateful for? What else? Then you're putting the body, you're putting the mind to work, which means it, everything becomes easier and stronger and simpler as a result of that. So don't feel like you're doing it wrong. If it feels challenging to come up with 20 new things every day, then great. That's amazing. You're putting the RAS to work, which is going to make you feel a heck of a lot better. Interesting. So uh, you covered it already, and we're kind of coming to the end of the show, but I definitely want to cover it again. You mentioned the podcast. Do you want to repeat what it's called and the other topics that you cover on that? Yeah, the podcast is called Alcohol Free Lifestyle. Uh, and we give um, coaching on how to stop drinking, how to socialize, um, how to do business deals and networking without alcohol, uh, how to reduce stress and anxiety at the end of the day so you don't need alcohol, what to say when people are challenging challenging you about alcohol. Um, we have a program that's called Project 90, which is specifically for entrepreneurs, executives, and investors, which helps people to stop drinking for 90 days. And then we have a one-year-long process as well, 365-day program where we'll help you and hold you accountable and give you some coaching and make it all fun um, to completely change your relationship to alcohol over the course of a year. Um, most people who go through those those programs make more money, get better looking, improve their relationships and feel remarkably better. Um, uh, and the website is alcoholfreelifestyle.com. Um, likewise with this, with the sleep, the sleep company is called Swanwick sleep and, uh, we're on Amazon as well. Uh, whether it's light bulbs or glasses or sleeping masks or sleep teas, we do a whole lot of sleep products. So if sleep is your goal, um, you can check us out there and, and you can find some more information. I'm also on Instagram at, at James Swanick. And if you send me a DM, I'd be happy to message you back. Perfect, James. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community. Sign up for our newsletter or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future. <laughs>